and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. To be totally honest, this is take two of our episode. Our guest is so powerful that he totally shut down the internet. All right, so that's what's <laughs> happening right now. His code name is Yoda. We're, we'll let you wait for that to see who it is. But um, Michelle, how you doing? How's it going? Here we are. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. And you know, here you are in the midst of all beautiful things. All beautiful things. I am good. I am happy. I am on the last day of homeschooling, so everybody can just shout amen. We have Woo-hoo. made it. We have persevered, we have struggled, and we came through it. And everybody is still intact and loving each other in my house, which is like really a miracle of miracles. Miraculous of miracles. So all good. Heather, how are you? I'm fine. As I said in take one, you know, I've been doing okay (laughs) with this quarantine thing. And then yesterday I just hit a wall and I was like, I am so done with this. Like I just want my life back. You know, I want to see people. I want to hang out. I want to go traveling. I want to jump on planes. Like there's just all the things just came rushing in yesterday. So hanging in there. But how are you, mm-hmm. sister? And don't we know that? Yeah, I was also saying in take one that many times it's in the same hour that we're at one moment saying, I can do this. And the next moment we're about to lose our ever loving minds. <laughs> and speaking of not losing our mind, and so we're so glad that he's with us. We're just going to build the drama, even though you know who our guest is anyway, because you read the show notes. Um, today is a very <laughs> special one year anniversary for our guest, which he could talk about, which I'm going to let him talk about. But we're going to actually talk about fatherhood and spiritual fatherhood and just beauty, the beauty of who men are and who fathers are. And so we've got two guiding questions quotes that we're going to give you, and then I'm going to let Heather take it away. But the first quote is from G.K. Chesterton, who says, God chooses ordinary men for fatherhood to accomplish his extraordinary plan. And St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, where he says, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So through God, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. So Heather Kim, would you like to introduce our wonderful guest that we are delighted to have on the show today? We are super delighted to have our dear friend and president of Franciscan University, Father Dave Pavanka. Welcome to the podcast. Well, as I was saying in our first take, <laughs> I don't think I said anything in my first take. No, it's really great to be with you. As I was saying, it's, it's good to see faces again. And just mm. to see, granted, we can't be with each other, but uh, it's just good to see you guys. Mm. Yeah, happy anniversary, by the way, Father. Wow, one year today, huh? Thanks. 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 It's actually, I, it's just been such a great blessing to be able to be back at the university. Uh, it's not finishing the way I thought it was going to. I've said uh, time and time again, April was the longest year of the longest year. Of my life. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Ditto, um, ditto. Yeah. I said to the staff, I said, it's done. Tomorrow's the last day of this pandemic. So I don't know what that looks like, but in my world, it's everything's fine. After yeah. the end of 
<laughs> yes. Well, I love that we are going to talk about this particular topic of spiritual fatherhood with you. Um, we've had you on the podcast before talking about Pentecost, which the Holy Spirit is um, just something that it, it was a magnificent conversation with you. So if people want to go back and listen to that episode, I would encourage you to do that. Um, but today we're going to talk about spiritual fatherhood. And Father Dave, you are one of my favorite spiritual fathers. And now that means more to me than ever, because my oldest daughter is coming to France. Franciscan University this fall Yay. and she's young and she's going to need a father just like you. So gear up my friend because you're taking on a good one. <laughs> does that make me a spiritual grandfather? No, oh, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Yeah. It kind of does. Yeah. Yes, it, it does. does. It does. I'm not comfortable with that at all actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. Aww. Father okay. Dave, I, I've loved seeing how your ministry has expanded as you took on this new role as the president of Franciscan University. And I and I love how you've expressed that, particularly when you put the white bows on the outside of the doors and you were just like, it was just the father's heart saying, I miss you, you know, to the people mm. and encouraging other spiritual fathers to to be praying and interceding for their people. And so I just want to know, how has your understanding and experience of spiritual fatherhood expanded since you've taken on this new position? How's that been for you? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny when I got interviewed, um, th there's, there's a lot that goes into this job as far as a business and, and all the management of faculty and staff and all that. But the first thing I said to the board of trustees when I was interviewed is that I approached this job as a father. Mm. That it's it's it, it the nature. It's at the heart of of who I want to be, who I am as a priest. Um, it's interesting. Just as I was reflecting, I spent a lot of time reflecting on your guys' questions. You sent me a lot of time reflecting. Mm, I'm sure you did. Mm -hmm. I was looking for my headphones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I never became a priest because I didn't want to be a father. If that makes sense, you know, I just had a wonderful. My dad was just a wonderful, wonderful dad, and mom and dad had relationships with friends. So there were several people in my life that were just very good men, very good fathers. So I think there's some people may have this attitude that I became a priest because I didn't want to be a father or a dad. And that's not at all the case. In fact, not at all, at all, at all. And to be at the university and particularly to be back at the university um, with the students who, who it seems to me, Heather, you know, you're, the fact that your daughter's coming here, that doesn't seem possible that you if you can have a daughter that's going to be here, right? They yes. seem so young. They seem so young. And and that role, and I'm sure part of it is as I get older, it becomes even more, more apparent, more dear to me, more precious to me. Um, yeah, I was in an event, an alumni event, before the world just went crazy on us. Just talking about the various needs that we have as a university, you know, buildings and fundraising and scholarships and, and that kind of thing. And they said, they asked me, what keeps you up at night? And, and it's funny because none of that does. I mean, I mean, on one level, I just know that the Lord is going to take care of that. But what keeps me up at night is, is the students and the kids and mm. making sure that they're safe and that they're being invited into a relationship with the Lord and that they're encountering him, that the lives are being transformed and they're being healed and they're being restored. And so as, as, uh, as I've been back, it's been... Yeah, it's just been a great blessing to have the students. In fact, that's in many ways, that's been the most difficult thing uh, with this whole COVID is, is to look at my window that should have kids throwing Frisbees and 
the chapel should be full and that mm. and to not have that is probably the most difficult thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Father, you know, when I hear you say that, like I can certainly hear the ache of a father, you know, and this, of somebody who wants good for their, you know, for their kids. And I, what, how do you, what do you think is so important about the role of a spiritual father, you know, especially for you as a priest, but also for, for other people, like we all need spiritual fathers in our life. So what do you think is specifically important and why is that role so important in the life of every single person? Well, I think one of the things, sister, is that it's, it, there's something about the nature of God as father, you know, that Jesus reveals, uh, he reveals all kinds of things, but the primary revelation is his father. And, and that was a new way of looking at the Lord and a new way of understanding the Lord so that there's something intimate in our relationship, or our understanding, or our encountering of God and Father. So that if I, as a priest, can help facilitate that and help mediate that encounter in the text you use, there's one Paul says just about the exact same thing in Romans, you chose Galatians. But that idea that the Holy Spirit reveals to us the Father. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then we cry out, not just Father, but we cry out, Abba, that, that if I can help, if I can help somebody come to understand that by the way that I father them and care for them and love them. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just funny. I, like, I remember one time I had a situation with a student and she was going through a really difficult time and we just talked and we prayed. And at the end of it, she was leaving. She was leaving for the semester or the summer, something like that. And I just said, you know, I want you to know I'm praying for you and I love you. And I got an email from her about a week later. And she said to me, um, you said you loved me. And she said, I thought you did this because it was your job. Wow. Because it was your job. Hmm. She said, that just really. So, that's, I mean, that's why I do it is because I love, I love being a father and I love fathering people who think it's my job and it's, it's not, it's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I love about you. And I was thinking about um, this podcast and even thinking about funny memories of you. I don't even know if you remember this, but when I first started, careful, careful. <laughs> Uh, a hundred years ago, when Michelle was hundred years that. ago, yes, exactly. Um, she was what know, we a wee lass, yes, yes, and um, <laughs> dog years. But anyway, when uh, I first met my husband Chris, and I started to see him, uh, Randy Rouse told me a story. Uh, he works with Life Teen, and he said, "Okay, Father Dave." But he said, y'all are meeting about something. He said, oh, by the way, who is this Chris Benzinger kid that she's seeing? And is he good enough, you know, for Michelle? And, and, and Randy was just laughing. He's like, I mean, I would let my own daughter date. He's like, okay, that's the kind of answer. He goes, that's the kind of answer I, you said to him. That's the answer I want. But uh, Randy had told me the story, but it meant so much to me. Like it totally, and it was just something so simple, you know, just a really quick conversation, but that you thought you were thoughtful, that you, you know, were just checking up on us, you know? You know, one of the, it's funny that you mentioned that. One of the sweetest, it's happened maybe three or four times uh, where uh, a, a guy came to me and they said that their girlfriend said that they couldn't get married uh, until they checked with me first. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it, these particular gals had really difficult relationships with their father yes. and they wanted they wanted that father blessing. They wanted somebody to go and ask their father. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, it just breaks. I get emotional now. I mean, when a guy comes up and he's nervous, it's like, wait a minute. This, I've heard stories about this. Right? <laughs> it 
just it's just something just a beautiful beautiful relationship here this morning it is and i think you said you have such a charism of, of being a spiritual father about you but i think you learned that charism because you've had powerful spiritual fathers in your own life you know so who has been i mean a spiritual father to you yeah yeah i think that is so so key and and i must say that i am profoundly lucky that my greatest spiritual father has also been my dad. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's not the case for everybody. And again, you can even have some good dads, but that they've not been a spiritual father. Mm. You know, uh, that, that I, I, I've told this story before, if, if I told it here last time, but I remember when I was a kid walking into the chapel in the hospitals, a little Catholic hospital, and my dad was in, my dad's doctor was in the front of the chapel, kneeling down praying. And you know, for a 12-year-old, 13-year-old boy to see his dad, his hero, on his knees praying during a break in the middle of work, I mean, that has a profound impact. So, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to have a dad who's also been my spiritual father. But uh, a friend of, of all of yours is Bishop Sam Jacobs, oh, wow, who's yeah. been such a blessing in my life. From I, I met Jan, Sam even long before I was ordained, and just he's been a great blessing in my life and a constant companion. Father Mike Scanlon, God rest his soul, was a great spiritual father towards me. Father Gustin Dunnigan, another friar at the university. So, um, honestly, I have a spoil of riches in, in men who have mentored me and discipled me and fathered me. has been just a great, a great blessing in my life. Mm. Oh, yeah. What would you say, Father, when, you know, as men are listening to this or, you know, women and they're thinking about their husbands or just priests in their life, like, what are some of the characteristics of spiritual fatherhood that you would say are non-negotiables? Like, if if you're a good spiritual father, here's what your characteristics are. What would you say are some of them that have made such an impact upon you and that you try to emulate about to others? That's a great question, sister. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, there's a couple. One of them is attentive. Mm. That that I always felt that, that they were attentive to me, that, that they were not too busy. Um, and I, and part of this, again, goes back to my dad. I, I remember there were five boys in my family and we would all play baseball during the summers. And my dad would come and he would spend like five minutes at each one of our games. So I'd take an hour off of work, come and see five minutes. And, and that always meant a great deal to me that, that he couldn't be there for my whole game and he couldn't do that every time. But I knew my dad wanted to be there. I knew that so that that attentive to little things and details like that just I think that matters. So attentiveness um, and then there's something about a time. Yeah, that's just I, I feel like there's a million different things that are going through my mind about that. Um, caring, uh, reaching out. Um, availability, vulnerability, willing to share. Yeah, vulner I think, as, as I said, vulnerabilities, there's something about that, that that I knew, you know, with all the people that I mentioned, I knew that they were, that they were not perfect and they shared their heart with me and, and allowed me to share my heart with them. Um, safety, that, that with all of those people, I knew that it was safe. I knew I could be myself. I didn't have to be perfect. I knew with all of them that I could go and, and whether it's a confessional with, with those who are priests or dads saying I messed up, that that, that was going to be okay. So uh, un love, you know, and an unconditionality to, towards the love that, that I was still going to be accepted. Yeah, those are all some thoughts. Mm. And I think what you said, that um, attention to detail and that attention to availability, you know, and as busy as priests are, busy as 
fathers are. It, it, we don't need like quantity. It is the quality time mm-hmm. that we need. And I think like you, um, one of the things I love about you is that you exude that, you know, and for both of us, like both Father Mike and Father Sam, you know, have been like spiritual fathers also to me. But um, I just remember being with you at the year anniversary of Father Mike's death. I think we were um, in Fairhope with the McAleers and I came late to a meeting mm-hmm. there. And I cried the whole way there because it just hit me that it was the anniversary. This will make me cry the anniversary of death. So I got there and the lunch break had already happened. And you were sitting separately and said, okay, come on, let's go get a plate and sit outside. I mean, mm-hmm. just, it was something so little, you know, and we sat outside. We talked about it for maybe five minutes, you know, yeah. we sat outside for maybe 10, 12 minutes and we went back in and joined the rest of the group. And it wasn't the quantity. It was the quality. It was the tension. Like you knew this was going to be hard. You know, and so and I think that's something. I think that's something that's important, and and it um, I think it's really the challenge that that we have just as fathers, but I think those who are literally fathers, and there has to be a decision in a in a in a. It's not fair to say priority because there's, we have competing priorities in our life, but to be able to take a few minutes with your kids and and to recognize them, and with me, and that, and in some ways it becomes it becomes more difficult in a capacity that I have 2300 right? <laughs> exactly. so but that is that is something that that, that all priests struggle with right yeah. is that, that we we are torn in that and, and the little things that we can do actually matter even the more yeah. mm-hmm. I remember Father Dave one time being uh passing through your office or something and you're like hey what's going on and I was like oh nothing you know you're busy and I remember you just stopped me and you said I, I get to decide what I'm too busy about. And he's like, let's, let's chat right now. And you're like, let's chat right now. And and I hear that sentiment in what you're saying that yes, mm. priests and spiritual fathers and fathers, uh, you know, there's a lot of busyness involved, but when you can take a moment in the moment to be present to a person and and acknowledge that they are a person, they're a soul right in front mm-hmm. of you, um, mm-hmm. that that's where these beautiful interactions can happen of the vulnerability and intimacy. And, and I think what I'm also hearing you say is that you were able to, to uh, learn how to be a spiritual father because you were a son and you experienced it as a son. And, and I just want to take that a little deeper, like into your relationship with God and your own sonship in relationship with God. Like how have you experienced the fatherhood of God in your life that has shaped Mm -hmm. you? Yeah. And it goes back to uh, the question that Sister also asked at the beginning is that there's something uh, in the nature of God that is relational mm. and the relationship between Jesus and the Father that um, in, in the, the episode that we did on, on the wild goose, on God as Father and Abba and the Spirit revealing that is that, that this is a fundamental revel- revelation of Christ is that, that he is Father. I had a an encounter with a gentleman in the Holy Land one time. It was a Muslim, and it was really a wonderful, engaging conversation um, until I mentioned that God was my father. Hmm. And and that he, he said, I can't buy that. You know, that's just, that's the bridge too far, right? Hmm. So I think, but it's imper- it's important that, that the Holy Spirit reveals to us God as Father. And I'm sure we probably talked about this last time, but it, it, Roman speaks of it just in we are adopted and, there, and there's something about that about that relationship between god as father and being adopted child and, and i remember the first time i saw that really prayed about it and it's like well why are we an adopted child why aren't we just a son or just a daughter but what's important is is when paul is writing that particularly to the romans is what did that mean when he said you're an adopted son you're an adopted daughter well according to roman law 
if you had a child, a birth child, you could abandon that child for no, for any reason. If you wanted a boy and you got a girl, you could abandon. If you wanted black hair and you got blonde, you could abandon them. But if the child was adopted, you could never abandon that child. Mm. The Roman law stated that you knew what you were getting when you chose that child. Mm. So in the Lord, when Paul is saying that we are adopted children, what he's saying is that we have a father who knows everything about us. And he still chooses us, mm. you know, and, and I reflect on my, on my most broken times and my most sinful times, whatever, at that moment, the Lord once again, chooses me to be his son. And there is, yeah, that's, that's where, that's where we draw this relationship. It's not a master and a slave, rather Paul reveals, Jesus reveals that it is a father and a child. And that's, that's the, 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 the kid running and jumping on his father's lap. And his dad dropping his book to the side and just spending time with him and being with him. Mm. The more that I've thought and prayed about this whole idea of, of God being revealed as a father, there's there's so much more that we need to be able to reflect on and, and, and unpack there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's been interesting, like everything. Um, I don't want to necessarily touch on the pre-scandal or anything like that, but just the disfigurement of spiritual fathers or disfigurement of the face of the priesthood, you know, whether it be whatever ways or shapes or forms this disfigurement has taken place. How do you think that could be restored? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, Michelle. Actually, first off, I think it gets restored by us being good fathers. Yeah. You know, ultimately, so much of the scandal was not being good fathers, you know, just not being good fathers. And, and to that end, it's that that's like one of the most difficult things of this whole scandal and the COVID, as I stated, is is to be in situations where people don't may not trust me because I'm a priest. And and that's stigma that goes with that and the and the anxiety that some people have or you know, the feeling awkward when you're in a parish and a little kid comes up and runs and says, hi, father wants to give you a hug. Just that, that moment of awkwardness mm. is just a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And, and um, so how do we fix, we, we, we be who we are ordained to be. Amen. And that is that we be good fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, w- I would say to go back to this, and I think that it, it would be interesting just for, for those tragically, for those men who, who, took advantage and did awful things. What was their relationship with father, God as father? I mean, what does that look like? I mean, I just can't imagine. Yeah, I agree, Michelle. I don't want to go there and spend a lot of time there, but there has to be something warped in it. There just has to be. I can't imagine a healthy relationship with God as father and then doing things. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the beautiful part of what you're saying there is that um, things can be restored. And, and that, yes. that's what I want to draw out of this part is that they, that we can have a hope that amidst all the tragedy of, yes, the pre-scandal, but also just poor fathers. You know, there are people listening no, right now right. yeah who are, who are experiencing so much brokenness out of their relationship with their father. Um, but we can still hold on to a hope that God can restore. And, uh, you know, my husband has this experience that he's had throughout his life where he, as he's experienced different people fathering him and he had a good dad, but he wasn't, you know, not every dad can be everything. And so he just said, you know, in my encounter with all of these men throughout my life who have fathered me in some way, it has created a mosaic of the face of God, the father, and yes. it's been so restorative. Yeah, so could you speak to that? Just the restoration? Piece? Well, yeah, I think that that's, that's key. First off, I think a lot of my ministry uh, or in a priest ministry is, is just that it's restoring this image of 
a father. Mm. Now, I, I had an encounter with a kid in Minnesota during a youth, or youth retreat a long time ago. And I was talking about God as father, and he came beelined afterwards. He goes, let me tell you about my father. Mm. It just kind of went on. He said, my dad and I have never done anything together. He said, one time we were going to go hunting pheasants, and it started to rain. And my dad said, ah, I don't want to go in the rain. We'll go some other time. And he looked at me, and he said, I'm still waiting. Mm. My part of my role as a father is to help restore. You know, it's been said that our relationship with God the Father begins with our relationship with our Father. So, in many ways, um, I have, I think, I have helped restore this image of God as Father for them. Um, By when I do it right, right, by loving and caring and patient, being patient with them. But the other part, and it's so important, and you mentioned it, Michelle or uh, Heather, is that. You can have a good father, a great father, and still be hurt. I mean, my dad really is. He's always been my best friend. And, but that's not to say that, that I wasn't wounded because, okay. I mean, and that's one of the things I was going to actually make an allusion to earlier is that, you know, I have 2,300 kids. And I know that, that I've hurt kids because in the midst of, you know, 2,300 kids, I didn't have time for someone or I didn't notice them or I didn't remember their name. And I realized that that that, that hurts. So it's not to say that. I mean, I'm not perfect, but people can have really good fathers and there's still wounds and that's okay. That's not a, we don't have to run away from that. In fact, quite the opposite. We need to be able to embrace that and and discover that, that it helps us understand who God the father is in a more profound way. Mm -hmm. Oh, amen. I love that father. And maybe just before we kind of close and jump into our one thing here, um, what encouragement do you have for priests or for men who, um, who are called to be spiritual fathers? You know, I journey with a lot of priests myself and they're wonderful men and they feel such a deep affirmation of why they gave their life when they can spiritually father people. And yet at the same time, many of them are just overwhelmed with their own brokenness and saying, like you said, like, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to you know, I'm not always going to say the right thing or and sometimes just they're paralyzing a fear of not being enough or not being able to be there enough. Right, so right. what encouragement would you give to men listening? Um, how could we yeah. bless them to be spiritual fathers? Well, first off, sister, I think the way you put it is, is really important is that by the priesthood, by the nature of my ordination, I am a father. Mm-hmm. So I need to step into that anointing that I believe that there is an anointing that comes with grace of orders for me to be a father. Um, to that end, I also, and, and there's, it can never be broken, right? There's a profound, intimate relationship with father and son. So I need to be a son to the Heavenly Father. And and I need to discover more what that looks like. I think, Heather, your image of the mosaic of God, that that's in fact the case, is that there's different facets and beauty of the Father. So that that relationship, my relationship with my Father God needs to be a living, vibrant, changing, transformative relationship in that mm. But sister, you you mentioned it as well, and I think uh, I think there are a large I don't know what percent um, of priests who are afraid. They're bound by fear. They're bound by fear of their inadequacies, their brokenness. They're bound by fear of you know all these guidelines and things that have taken place. And and they what they've done is they have cut themselves off from being a father. And that's in in some ways I think that's. The evil one has been involved in this in so many ways, but I think that's one of the residual effects of the evil one is laying in us fear that that I can't, you know, I can't give a kid who runs up to me after mass a hug, you know. But so I think that that's one of the ways is to recognize how the evil one wants to work in that and just take authority and step in a divine call as son and father and, and be really confident in that. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 
That's so good. I go. And I think it's a, I love how you said it's a continuing journey. Like you continuing to grow in your fatherhood, but you continue to grow in your relationship as son also, you know, it is yeah. very, and the Holy spirit flows through both, you know, and just that right. openness to the Holy spirit and allowing it to throw through, grow through both, but transform you through both, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I love how you said, no one's going to do it perfectly. None of us. Exactly. And that was us, their parents. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, okay, here's your therapy fund. But, um, <laughs> you know, but none of us are going to do it perfectly, but we are going to lean in and love even when we don't do it well, you know, and mm-hmm. continue yeah. to go. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and just to that end, I, with some of the younger fathers that, that are now literally fathers, um, I always talk to them about there's something really powerful about a father asking forgiveness of a child, you know, and when they make a mistake, when they're impatient, there's something that's just beautiful that a father can actually admit a mistake or a sin to a child again in context. Um, that's, that's really beautiful that a father can be vulnerable like that for their children. Mm. Really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting. I was talking to a Carmelite sister this week and she is a superior. So she mothers a lot of people. And so I was talking to her about a situation with just like my mothering, my children. And she's like, good. And I'm like, good. Like about the situation. She's like, good. She's like, you'll finally realize that you need to do it in the Holy Spirit's power and not your own. So good. And I was like, oh, man. (laughs) And she's like, I know Mm -hmm. it is such a hard lesson. But she's like, embrace the areas that you need to grow in your weaknesses. That's where the Holy Spirit will come through the most. Like really, Mm -hmm. you know, don't hide them or shame them or back away from yeah. them, dig into them and, you know, go ahead, Heather, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, no, it's okay. I was just going to say, you know, also for people listening who are wondering, how do I open up to a spiritual father, especially if I've been hurt or God, the father, you know, if Amen. I've been hurt in this area, what do I do? And, and I think it's little by little, you know, to, to be able to open your heart in small ways and to not put an expectation that that person has to be perfect. Like we're saying, everybody's going to fail, but to just accept the gift that they are and, and what part of the father, God, the father, are they revealing to you? I think there's mm-hmm. gifts to be uncovered all around us that God is offering. He knows the ache in our hearts and he uh-huh. wants to provide for us. And that means he wants to provide these relationships where he can begin to heal those places. Yeah, so yeah. I just want to say that as an encouragement that also on our part, we have to have a disposition of openness to receive the gift of fatherhood in our lives mm-hmm. um, and, to, and to allow God to do something new. Because I think for many of us, we're like, hey, this sucks. This area sucks in my life. I just got to deal with it. This is just my story. Um, but let, let ourselves be amazed by what God wants to do in places that seem lost, you know? Yeah. And just to that, and one of the things I think is important too is that uh, I've dealt with men over the years that are older grandfathers now, and they kind of feel like, well, I blew it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, train, and that train is gone. And that simply isn't true. Mm. That's, that's why that, that it's never too late to begin to restore and to heal and to reach out. Amen. Uh, and that's horrible. I mean, and the other is, is that the men need to be freed from this. That's a horrible weight that some men that things that they did or didn't do with their kids, the Lord, the Lord can bring healing in that as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's never too late to offer yourself as a gift. I mean, we need sages. We do. Amen. We desperately, as younger generations, we need the sage who can teach us mm-hmm. even the most practical things that may seem, you know, not that important Amen. to them. It's important to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Father. Would you just would you just offer a prayer blessing for all the fathers right now? Could you just do that for us with your fatherly blessing and just offer a prayer for them? Of course. Yeah. 
Lord Jesus, we come before you in the power of your Holy Spirit, and we thank you, Jesus, that you reveal God who is Father, but God who is merciful and kind. Jesus, we ask your blessing to be upon all the fathers, priests, and dads that are listening to this podcast, that they would know your love, know your presence, that they would know your fatherly care, that you would allow them to be son, to let down their guard, um, to be vulnerable before you. Lord, just a profound blessing on all fathers listening, that they would know your love, your presence, your peace, and your joy. And God bless them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You got your one thing, and we're going to let you wait, Father, on that one. (laughs) You can think about that. Heather, you want to share your one thing with our listeners for the week? She always gets to go first. I'm sorry. Because I'm her favorite. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that suddenly. Um, Okay, so I have two one things. One is uh, just in light of the fatherhood topic. It's a father-daughter singing collab named Zach and Abby Vestness. And I just came across them on Instagram. And gosh, they're just so incredibly sweet and beautiful. And they just sing worship songs together. She's like a senior in high school and he's a pastor at the church. So I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes. You can check it out. The second one is just a really practical tool. It's a spiritual warfare prayer app that I came across called uh, from the St. Michael Center for Spiritual Renewal. And I've just found that really helpful. Like I have the deliverance prayers for the laity book, but I don't always have it with me. And sometimes you just need to throw it down with some good prayers. So I just want to recommend that app. Um, I've been using it lately. It's been really helpful in my prayer. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what's your one thing? My one thing is actually just um, my front porch. Like it has just yeah. been like refuge right now. Our weather has been mm. one of the graces is our weather has been really nice this season. Thank God, because we've lived outside. But there was just something this morning. Like I was just like, all right, there's something about front porch living. And I it's just a great it. front porch. Wow. Plus you have decorative pillows that are always... I mean, well, on point. Can you comment on one thing? Is that, is that you can't comment on one thing? You can comment, Padre. Decorative pillows. Seriously. It's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It just is. It just is. And right, mine are stunning. Ahead. They're like, what did it say? Sure they They're are. like stuffed animals for grown women. That's what throw pillows are. <laughs> now. And so, and I love them. So <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to send you a big one just for your office. There you go. Uh, Sister, Sister, what's your one thing? What's your one thing? Yeah. Well, while you're watching Father Out of Videos, sitting on Michelle's front porch, I'm going to offer you a summer (laughs) recipe. It's a cold uh, salad recipe. It's a black bean and roasted vegetable salad, which there's all sorts of additives you can throw into it, like everything from jalapeno to lime juice to cumin Mm. to all kinds of stuff. But I'll give you a very simple Mm. recipe that just I love a nice cold salad on a hot summer day because it's already hot in Texas. So, you know, here we are. But (laughs) there you go. And Father Dave... Our friend, what is your one thing for the week? Well, since you all get one things, I have two one things. It was just really <laughs> cute. So I just got a text. I just got a text message. It says, uh, apparently, you're becoming Franciscan president is the same day as my birthday. Happy anniversary. So glad you're our number one Franciscan dad. So, so perfect. Very, very sweet. Come, come in. Um, my one thing is baseball. Okay. <laughs> we need baseball back. We need baseball. I think of growing up. Just playing catch with my dad, and and I mean, it's I granted it's just a game, but there's something about it. I think for the American psyche, 
But for lots of fathers and sons and, and daughters, uh, we need baseball back. So that's my one thing. So bring baseball back. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I know Michelle would like to comment on that. My, like Washington Nationals, my Washington Nationals are the World Series champions, and we can't celebrate it. I know. It's a tragedy. <laughs> I continue to send them texts about college football and the proud, you know, That's like, yep. yes, mm-hmm. I was like, if co- they take college football this fall, um, I, I just, I think I'll be in a fetal position. You know? <laughs> She'll throw all the furniture off her front porch and just like destroy it. Burn it all down. All those pillows. All those pillows. Now I know why you have all those pillows. <laughs> right. Oh, Father Dave, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight, as always. Thank you for it's saying yes, and thank you for continuing to say yes every day. God, you're such a gift. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so, so good to see you, sisters. God bless everybody. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much, listeners. And once again, happy Father's Day. Say thank you to a father in your life, and we just continue to pray and bless you. So until next time, we'll be abiding together. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.